Holly. Hi, my name is Jeff Goldblum. And I feel blank about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Well, I feel, let me be uh, truthful, and I feel, well, to the extent that we're friends, and I feel we have a deep connection, but I wish we'd spend more time together. I'm available for your friendship, however time-consuming, or uh, any, any aspect of it. We've been friends in the sense that we have, in the way that we have on these shows and seeing each other here and there. You've, of course, I've enrolled you and I, I finagled you into being part of that show, that little movie that I did, and you were so sweet to do that. And then, what else? Oh, we did it, we did it. We were there at the voice, at some voiceover we were doing. It was one of your things. Yes, yes, yes. So, and then, I think we, did I have a date with you or just ran into you at the Soho house that was lovely and i've always said let's and we've exchanged information but we've never availed ourselves of it i've always said yes let's come over to my house and let's do many things i do all all manner of things so i i i I love being your friend however it does or doesn't pan out but i tell you again i'm available for the deepest closest and most time-consuming kind of friendship Jeff, everyone else has answered with one word. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey, you're listening to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, a podcast uh, that... I have invented for the sole purpose of forcing people to be <laughs> friends with me. And uh, so far it's kind of working. That's what I like about it. And also I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to everyone that I've had a chance to interview so far. But um, I will say this, I believe deep down in my heart that the podcast was probably invented so that I could talk with Mr. Jeff Goldblum in an intimate forum. He is, of all the people I've interviewed in 25 years in television, he has the most unique style, way of expressing himself, mannerisms. And I've thought I've got to get him into a very small podcast room and just let the sensuality bounce (laughs) off the walls. Uh, Here to keep things from getting too out of hand are... My minders, Matt Gorley, Matt. Hi. Uh, Matt, you, you're like, I'm at a, it's like I'm going to a Catholic school and you're a woman who's a 55-year-old matron who's watching me dance. And uh, if yeah. I get too close to Jeff Goldblum, you're going to thwap me with a, with a ruler. Yeah, I may just, but I'm kind of into it though yeah, too. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Sona? Yes. Jeff Goldblum, you got to admit, he's, yep. he's yeah. a, he is a delight. A delight. Yes. I'm in. Well, no, no, this is... I am on board. This is my date. So anyway... <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, what? You guys are just here to watch for a little bit, and then we'll all take a break, and Jeff Goldblum and I will go get some tapas. <laughs> you think this is a date? I, in my mind, I do. Uh, my wife understands, or she will when I tell her. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Goldblum. I, well, they didn't tell me that was the thing. Let me see. No, no, no. no. You, that's and good. That's, that's good what you did. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. That is so you. You just went on a jazz riff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was lovely. Thank that you was lovely. Much. I don't believe that you 
are available for any amount of time. You have two young children. Yes, that's So when you true. say, I, I, I don't care how time-consuming. Well, at some point I might say, Conan, you know how many times you've called me today? And no, I can't. I wish I could. I'm just putting the kids to bed. I don't imagine that'll happen, though. But, you know, in between that and now, feel free to call on me for any any old thing. If you'd said yesterday, you know, I watched the Super Bowl yesterday kind of by myself. Oh, is that true? Well, the kids were there and my wife and then a couple of her friends came over. But that was about it. it was a kind that's, of no, a, that's called being with your family. That's not by yeah, yourself. Well, that's true. Uh, That's yeah, true. And a yeah. couple of other people, but it wasn't like a party. So it was almost a party, but not a party. Boy, you would have been, I would have served you any any kind of chips you wanted <laughs> if you would have come over and liked to heard your play-by-play. It was a dreary affair, really. The kids lost interest early on, were running around like uh, maniacs, and then just kind of collapsing. And uh, the other people, I don't know, were not so interested in it. I was watching it, and uh, it was a dreary few hours. Uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And I didn't want the Patriots to win. Sorry, sorry to all your listeners who might feel otherwise. Anyway, I was just kind of dreary, weary about the whole thing. But if you'd been there, is my point. Oh, boy. Well, see, this is the thing. (laughs) Jeff, you and I do have a connection, which is when you come on my show over the Mm -hmm. years, and this is the reason I really want to go on the podcast, I have a connection with you that's unlike uh, my connection with anyone else I don't often understand it, but you are a feline. Uh, you're, you purr almost. You, yes, exactly. And you, you come out, we're both very tall. Yeah, same height exactly. Very, I think we are the same eye height. Eye to eye. We yeah. see eye to eye. Yes. Oh, very good. And you come out and we start uh, this mind meld. And I often, often when our interview's over, I don't know what it is we've said. Yeah. I don't know if we've said anything of consequence. Yeah. But people always say, oh my God, that was entertaining. Yeah. But I often don't know what happened. Yes. Do you know what's happening when you come out? No, just now when I, we just finished another uh, episode, I enjoyed it very much. But yeah, when I came back, I went, geez, what did I, what did we talk about? I did, <laughs> I said that out loud, I think. I said, what did we say? You started at one point. Because it was all uncharted. Yes. At one point you started, uh, you pointed at my shoes yeah. and you just started talking about shoes. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and you kept making those little noises the way you do it. Uh, I called them uh, micro orgasms. Yeah, and then on the show you said something like that, and I said not so micro. Oh, so oh really? Micro. Oh, I said, oh. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all overwhelmingly powerful. Oh, oh yeah. No, oh, they are. Oh, they sure are. You know, that's the other thing I want to talk about. I'm like let's, a let's... skipping stone. Remember the old Andy Griffith uh, yes. opening? And they'd skip those. It's like a they skip a stone on multiple, the pond. Multiple yes, ecstasies just skipping along the surface of the water. That's okay, you're I, hearing the description of uh, Jeff Goldblum describing his orgasms, multiple orgasms uh, that fragment, that, that fragment and skip and hop, and right. one one orgasm exploding into another. Exactly. So, hey, somebody said, is this true that your orgasm is um, resembles the way you sneeze? And I'm one of those multiple sneezers, speaking of which. I'm a serial achoo, 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 achoo. How many was that? It sounds, uh, I'm, I'm, it sounds frightening for your partner. Uh, you know, it, it really does. It sounds like they don't know uh, what's happening. That would be frightening. It would be, when is this quake over, you know? Uh, yeah, maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> many, many aftershocks, too. Yeah, those are the... Uh, uh, let's catch you by surprise, too. You, you can't. Uh, will you attest, uh, Matt Gorley and Sona, that he is he's moving? Writhing. He is he is writhing, Jeff, as he's talking. You can't see this because it's a podcast, but he's undulating That's slowly right. from side to side like a cobra. As we as we were talking involuntarily, my, I started to rotate my crops. I've never seen anyone gyrate vertically. Yes. You're, yes. 
Robert yes. D. McGraw. <laughs> uh, That's right. He's still doing it. Right. My field never goes fallow. Oh, God. Always, <laughs> always changing, the, changing the seed. Wait, now you're creepy. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, I just, wow. because I understand. Okay. I'm going to take you through my history of Jeff Goldblum. Oh. When I was a kid, and I loved television, oh. uh, this show came on. TV, and I've mentioned this to Jeff before, but this show came on television that was much better than any show I had seen on TV. Uh, it was called Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. And it was starring a brand new actor I'd never seen before, Jeff Goldblum, and uh, alongside ben with Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen of and it was a great show, and you were fantastic. And I was. I don't know how old I, what I was. I sixteen? Was I seventeen? Well, I don't 1980, know. I think. Nineteen eighty. So, I would have been uh, yeah, seven, in... sixteen, seventeen years old wow, when that came out, wow. and I was blown away by the show and by this guy Jeff Goldblum. I just thought he's hilarious, mm. and sure enough, he starts showing up uh, in movies, and then you made The Fly, yeah. and I thought this movie is scary, but this, the guy playing Brundle. Uh, Seth Brundle. Seth Brundle is, I believe he's real and I really like him and he's funny and he's, but he's, he, he's frightening. The transformation into someone frightening is real. And I had a lot of empathy and I thought this is one of the best horror movies I've seen. When that movie came out, I thought this is one of the best horror movies they've made in the last 20 years. And I thought it was really you. I, I, I really just believe, you know, yes, great cast and, and direction mm. and, and script, but I really thought that was you. And I just, I love you in things. I think, and, and okay. I'm saying that because I have noticed that when you show up in Thor Ragnarok, you steal the show. Uh, you just, it's a delight. Uh, when you're, you're, your character, when you uh, showed up in the, uh, in the first um, uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park yeah. uh, just delightful. And over and over and over again, you've managed to get this part of yourself out there on the screen because you are, it is a part of you. You are an imp. You're impish. You know, you're impish. You're very... Uh... Somebody, for Jurassic, in Jurassic 2, when I did the second Jurassic movie, so I read a review and somebody said, yes, Mr. Goldblum, this looks like a giant gnome. You shouldn't read those things. Uh -huh. Even when they compliment you, it's never good. Sona, do yeah. I read things? Never reads anything. If, right. if someone says an writes an incredibly nice thing about me, everyone says we've scanned it thirty five times. It's only nice in its superlatives. I'm like, okay, just put that in a drawer, and I'll read that. Right. Later. I know what you mean. I don't I'm highly get to sensitive it. too. That's right. That's right. Well, you get inoculated these days because there's so much opinionating going on. And so people must be saying horrible things all the time. And so you go, oh, okay. I just, I'm not going to read below. I'm not going to read it. You know, don't so read you, comments on the internet. Yeah. So you can, you can avoid, you start to learn how to avoid things. Yeah. Do you, uh, although a producer, I did a play once mm -hmm. and I, I got a bad which, reviews. Which, which play? Should I say, because I'm going to go on to tell a story. Oh boy. You're it's still, it. it's still a wound. It's still an open wound. Is it a play so, I would have seen you in? Maybe. I'll, I may reveal it at the end of this story. See if you think I can, or I'm going to break, have a breakdown if I do. But, uh, the reviews were poor for me. Poor, poor, bad, bad, bad reviews. And then, the producer of the theater company, famous producer, said, oh, c c come on in to cheer me up, I think. 
well, the day or two after it opened and said, uh, you know, you're a wonderful actor and this is what I appreciate you about you. And I read something. I, I heard it was good. I heard we got a good review because they were generally bad for the whole show, the whole production. Mm-hmm. I heard we got a good review. So, so, so he, my assistant lady, blah, 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 my sonar, so, so, bring that <laughs> review in and I'm going to read it to Jeff. I, I, he needs something to cheer him up. And he started to read it. He hadn't read it before, and it said, well, this it was good. Uh, in contrast to what other people say, this is a show is fine and dandy. It's g- good, except for Mr. Goldblum, an actor I used to admire. <laughs> he goes, oh, never mind, never mind. And he then went he, to all that trouble. He went to all that trouble, didn't realize it was going to be another blow, and said, well, and then ended the interview too shortly after. He said, well, what can I say, Jeff, here? And he had a lot of bric-a-brac on his desk, a, a kind of, you know, mementos. He said, would you like to take something? You want to give me a present? He said, here, do you like Bert and Ernie? Take this little, it was a tiny bird. He said, take this with you. I said, okay, thank a you. A little rubber bird yeah, is what he like gave that. you in yeah, exchange for reading you a bad review? Yes. It was a still, it was a horrible. horrible. I, I'm imagining when you walk around, people are very excited to see you and they have good feelings towards you, yeah. which isn't the case with everybody. But I've also been an admirer of your lifestyle. You know, for many, many years, you were a single man on mm. the prowl mm. uh, <laughs> and uh, always- uh, I don't know how proudly I was, but- uh, No, you were. Uh, you, enjoyed my single life. I you did enjoy your single I life. I did. You I did. did. You had a good time. Yeah, uh, I, I met. like to go on dates. I like like dates. Some people you, say, "Oh, I don't like that, that horrible dates." They, I like them. I what do you like about dates. what do you like about dates? Well, the new new yes. new investigation and possibility and potential and. Mm, you know <laughs> oh god well I know that part yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. now would it's, you that's all, all fun. I, I would imagine I always thought yeah. when I was a young man and I would go on a date yeah. there are all these things that you have to deal with which is you know oh I'm I don't have any money yeah. my car is terrible I remembered going to a restaurant and thinking am I going to be able to afford this yeah. all those problems but then you're Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. and you're single mm-hmm. and you're famous mm-hmm. and people like you and you've got incredible clothes and you walk into a restaurant right this way, Mr. Goldblum, right mm-hmm. this way and you're with mm-hmm. this beautiful woman. That must make a date a very nice experience. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been with my sweet, sweet Emily now for seven years, so I hardly... You don't even remember those times, I do don't you? I remember those times. No, they've become a blur. Because um, I filmed most of it. You did? <laughs> yes, I have films of all of your dates. Really? I'd like and, that. Uh, yeah. I'd like to sit you with can... you for a week or two and go through all that footage. <laughs> it, would, it would take four months. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I, I, it's nice. Well, I, you know, I'm sure I benefited from, you know, sometimes being able to, you know, get a, a leg up on the situation. Or, so to speak, yeah. So to speak, with oh. one thing or another. But... Of course, as we know, none of those things really make a happy life or a happy situation or a happy connection with you and somebody else. That's very finely personal and nothing that can be affected by money or the trappings of any any old thing. You've taken to this whole enterprise like a duck to water. Yes, I have. Um, I have. Well, she's spectacular. Yeah, she's great. She's absolutely great, isn't she? And these kids, th- thank goodness so far, are miraculous. You can always get out. If they if the kids don't turn out great, you can just walk away. <laughs> there's very no. There's very little emotional scarring. And you just walk away from a child. Well, you have, of course, Liza. And um, what did you, you talk about my wife that way? 
The way you said my wife's name, of course you have. <laughs> well, no, I've, I, I hardly know your wife, but I'm sure. <laughs> what? You're sure what? I'm sure. I will thrash. Sure, I will. I will thrash you. I will thrash you about the head and shoulders with a cudgel. I'd enjoy that. <laughs> you know what's so funny? For, for you, everything's a sensual experience. Yes. This is what I've noticed about Jeff Goldblum. Everything is a sensual experience. You know, it, it, like, here, uh, apply this. It's time to uh, put this drywall up. Yeah. You got to put this drywall up. We got to mm. get this uh, mm, drywall. <laughs> well, why just, not enjoy? Yeah, find yeah. the studs. Mm, uh, uh, the, the cudgel nail. business got me going. The, the line, as we know, between pleasure and pain is sometimes papyrus thin. (laughs) 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 Madness. Uh, Madness. 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 But uh, no, but I was so interested in you as I still am because you've got, of course, your two lovely kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to exchange all manner of notes and have play dates and uh, all kind of things. I'd like to see you with your kids. Uh, Yeah, I'm a a fun, well, you can attest, Sona. I'm I'm a goofy dad. I'm yes, very goofy with I my think kids. You're, you're. I'm very. I'm you're just a goofy person in general, and I think you are very goofy in, free, in front of your kids. Yes, like I'm, they. I uh, play the fool, for but them. they seem over it sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes, they like America. Have grown weary. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I realize about myself being a, now that I'm a dad, that I am a jokester. I like to make joke. I like to laugh. They make me laugh, and I like to make them laugh. And I'm always joking. Emily's going, you know, she kind of lays down the law. Has to. That's how it goes. Yeah, may, you know, goes, be yeah. the constructor of guardrails and this and that. And uh, sometimes she gets critical of me. In fact, like you know, I'm an intrusion, and you know, come on, are you going to help this along, or are you just going to make jokes? You know. To which I'm sensitive. Do you get sensitive to that if she, of course, criticizes you? I know. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm sensitive to all criticism, but especially from your spouse. I know. And and uh, you know, yes, occasionally, if my wife, who's fantastic, but if she, if. I'm careful because she she doesn't watch the show, but she does listen to the podcast. <laughs> but I love her. I love her dearly, and she's a terrific mom, best mom ever. But uh, occasionally. She'll say, oh, you maybe could have helped out more in that situation, or you could have done this, you could have done that. And I feel like a, I'm a wounded bear at that point. I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it's horrible. Yeah. The, just this morning, what happened just this morning? Started to kind of fumigate inside myself. And, you know, and by the time you, we you went- would, You would fume. I fumed. I didn't yeah. fumigate. If you fumigated, yeah. you would have- Yeah, that was cleaning out myself. Fumigating is when yeah. I you know, try to clean myself out. But I was fuming. Yeah, sorry. I tried to make a new use of the word fumigating. I caught you. Uh, I was fulminating. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah right. something like that. Yeah, fulminating. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was uh, marinating in my own juices, in some, yeah. some kind of dark, <laughs> yeah. dark uh, au jus. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Insanity. Insanity. But she's great. She's like, talk about a, a duck not taking to water, but a duck, when they have a run-in, they flap their wings and they, and they, and it, they don't, doesn't bother them anymore. They don't carry a grudge or hold anything. Everything is of the moment. Right. I need to be more like that myself. And I am. I'm getting, she's you know teaching me that. You know what I believe it is? Right. I believe that in those moments, when we have those interactions with our wives, we're making them our moms. And we're feeling scolded by yeah. mom. Yes. And it's... Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I really think that that 
is true. And then you, what you have to do is the work in your mind of saying, this isn't my mom. You're not my this mother, you're not my mother. Yes. This isn't 1971 and uh, yeah. don't turn her into that. That's not fair to her. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. Um, yeah. Do you have a therapist? Because I could be your therapist. Well, you know, um, you, you know, this may be- I m- don't know. Not a million laughs, but I, my therapist, who Gary Shandling connect me to- Mm-hmm. She was his therapist, and I was pals with Gary Shandley. Uh, became my therapist, and she was wonderful, Lou Katzman, and and uh, but I don't know over the course. And then for the last decade, I would just see her as needed once a year if I'm getting into or out of a relationship or I've had some some problem. And then uh, Emily, a few, couple of years into our relationship, said, um, "Gee, wouldn't it be lovely if we had a." baby? What would you think about that? And it wasn't strategic or off-putting or mm-hmm. untrustworthy at all. And I said, wow, this is serious. I, I'm so serious about you. This is so delightful that I should really consider this. Now, let's go in to see Lou. She hadn't met Lou, Lou Katzman. And we did. Lou Katzman sounds like a, an agent. I know. Like a Lou 1940s Katz- agent. Lou get, Katzman. Me a, get me Lou Katzman. Uh, you're screwing with the wrong guy. Lou Katzman's my agent. You're right. going to hear from him. Well, she was Lawanda Katzman. She's a Southern lady who married, you know, a, a Katzman. And that's how she became Katzman. Yeah. Anyway, she was very good. And over the course of that next year, we excavated all my fears, considerations about it. And after a year, I said, yeah, this could be peachy and we'll get married and have a, a baby. And then she, having never done it before, I know you can do this too, uh, got herself uh, able to officiate at the wedding. Yes. So she she officiated our wedding. She was wonderful. Then she died a, a few months ago. Oh, uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's okay. But why did I bring up? Oh, so I need a new therapist. Yes, this is this is a fertile time. You know, I feel as self reliant as ever. You know, I'm. Uh, but I always enjoyed therapy. I found it to be a real great, uh, fruitful bone to chew on. If I'm not mixing my metaphors too, there's no uh, such, yeah, a fruitful uh, bone. You wouldn't. Fru- uh, yeah, no, there would be no fruitful bone. There, there's no bones in fruit. And there's no fruit-covered uh, bone. Yeah, another way of saying, yeah, that's right. Except, is there? No, 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 no bones in fruit. No one, everyone in the room is backing out slowly. <laughs> it's just the two of us. But this is such a fertile time. Yes, all the uh, the the uh, maternal connections that might be there potentially with your wife, and yes. all the new sensitivities and new passions and new mortality thoughts. And uh, this is a fertile time well, I, to uh, talk with somebody smart. And yeah, uh, yeah. I will. Uh, I can help you in that area if you want. I could be your therapist, or I could recommend a therapist either both I, I think both would be good recommend well, recommend <laughs> what are you talking about I'm a, I, I think I have good so no I give good advice don't I you do but you're not like a licensed therapist I mean what are you talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, how no, hard he, could it be I'll just say hmm that sounds interesting and uh, how does she feel about it uh, uh, okay well our time's up no he's Maybe very good he's very empathic and, but, and I've never had a problem telling a therapist absolutely everything and being in Entirely truthful. Even with you, I'd be, eh, should I tell them that? I don't know. We're pals too. You know, yeah. that's yeah. a different thing. Yeah. But you won't, you won't tell me the name of the plays you've been in. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, you know, know, you're KG. You're one, one KG Minx. Um, <laughs> I, let's take a quick break, a very quick break, uh-huh. uh, so that I can uh, do some ads. Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Things a cash cow. <laughs> Now it's time for a very special edition of Conan O'Brien Pays Off the Mortgage on His Beach House. Uh, let me explain quickly if my voice sounds uh, any different. I am in uh, the airport 
in Australia, Sydney, Australia right now. I just finished a week of uh, shooting an episode here for Netflix. I also did a live show in which I made possibly the mistake of singing as loud as I could while playing the guitar, the ACDC song, <laughs> You Shook Me All Night Long in front of uh, 2,000 uh, mystified Australians. But when I was done singing this song, my voice was completely gone. So uh, now I sound like uh, a little bit like the, the great singer Lou Rawls. Look him up, kids. <laughs> uh, I'm here with a Andrew Blair. Thanks, Clay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Aaron Blair, yeah. What did I just call you? You called me Andrew. Oh my God, I've known you forever. That's I'm, true. That's just how jet lagged I am. Yeah, 18 years. Okay, well, I'm here with Simon Blair. He does a great job. <laughs> We're back, sitting here with. Uh, <laughs> it's a wonderful product. Jeff Goldblum. I'm, whenever I'm with you, I find myself looking at what you're wearing, yeah. what you've. You've got a great watch on. Thank you. Uh, I like your ring. You had a. Uh, a pinky ring for a while. Did you commit to it or did you get panicked? Here's what happened. Uh, you know, um, I I dreamed while in this in this cycle with Andrew Vitera one night that uh, he's of, your stylist. He's my stylist of a pinky ring, and I liked it. And I'd be wearing it now, except tactily playing the piano and just going around. It's. It, I, I'd rather be naked on my hands and everywhere, you know. Would that, you like to be naked all the time? For that matter. Um, I bet you're very comfortable with your naked body. Well, I wouldn't just strip right now. No, no, no. I, no one was asking you to. Uh, yeah. I might pass a note to you to that effect, but I wouldn't ask you. <laughs> But I get the sense that you're oh, yeah. someone who has, you don't seem like an inhibited person. Yeah. I think you'd walk around naked at home, oh, purring, like you yes. know. You should see the kids before they get the idea that uh, nakedness is somehow interesting or significant at all. They sure like to be naked. Boy, kids, you watch, you get to watch the human being. I'd never been around kids before, but you get to watch the human being in their unspoiled, full selves and it's wild isn't it and nakedness is certainly one of them comfort with their bodies unselfconsciousness is part of their thing of course and speaking of which sexuality too uh eroticism um arousability and uh, all sorts of things a couple of these boys it's wow you know, and they're always playing with it. And as a matter of fact, I came home, listen to this. I did that Red Nose Day, you know, with Richard Curtis, you know, and they give you at the end of that thing, if you want a couple of uh, red noses. Red noses. On your, on your, yeah. Well, he'd done it before, but I, sure enough, he hadn't done it in a while. I came in, he was naked. I came in the room. He was who naked. Was naked? Charlie. Richard. Oh, Charlie, Charlie, your son. Oh, I thought son. the guy who gave you the red nose no, no, was naked. No, no, not Richard Curtis. Three and a half oh, year old. Let's, let's be really clear. Richard Curtis was not naked. No, in my house. Although he's a redhead too. He, he, he you and he. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I'm looking We're all at perverts? One of the, not at all, but I'm looking at one of the foremost redheads in the, in, in the cosmos. And, uh, I think the most, yeah. Possibly Sorry. the most. Okay. Anyway, Ed he Sheeran had this Hill. red nose on his penis. What? Yep. Your son put it on his penis? He did. And he was just having the best time because he's funny and he likes to make jokes. I think I've you know, infected him with my joke making, uh, uh, you know, bone. And, uh, uh, and speaking of which, he had the red nose on his penis and, you know, walking around. Yeah, it was quite a sight, but he likes it. You know, they, boy, they slap it and they pinch it and they do all kinds of things. And they get, and they get erect. They get erectile, as you know, I'm sure, um, often. And they, you know, enjoy, and we try not to, you know, make any big deal about it either. Uh, well, you're supposed to shame them. 
I don't no. think so. <laughs> really? I, that's what I... Okay. But no, uh, sexuality and, and sex was not spoken about in my home. Really? Maybe probably not your home either. I don't well, know. Well, Wars had a weird... Shirley and Harold were the parents. Shirley had a particularly... Mm-hmm, mm, she, would, she would vacuum the house naked. What? Your, your mom would? Yep. She would go around with a vacuum cleaner somehow and naked. Yeah, she thought, I thought her general credo was the human body is, you know, in the new freedoms. This is in the new freedoms era. Uh, fine and dandy. I'm part of the youth culture. She didn't want to be, want to be left out of anything. Anyway, she was, but she also was given to a complicated and probably unrealized sexuality. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Really? Because we already, well, maybe so. Uh, maybe so. Uh, anyway, she would go around. So, so uh, you saw your mom vacuuming was, nude. That yeah. must have had an influence. And it was on a you. whole Philip Roth novel, to be honest with you. And yeah. I won't go into it, but there was probably a lot of complication right. to be excavated at a later date. Right, <laughs> with a professional, which I've done some with professionals. Yes, yeah. Well, yes. you should continue to do it, and, and uh, I would like to be there when you do. do it. Really, <laughs> I would. You're invited. <laughs> you, you have a. Standing... Would you let me sit in on a therapy session? Or do you feel I wouldn't well, repeat anything? You trust me, don't you? Well, with a microphone, and then we air it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I have another story I just thought of. Let's hear it. <laughs> what? It sounds like a horror story. I can't possibly tell this. <laughs> Why? No, Why no. not? Oh, oh no! Does it no. involve an erection? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, but boy. don't they all? Don't they all? Well, wait. Let me just ask a couple of questions, and you can. Uh, does it involve your childhood, or maybe? Later years. My, my childhood? Th- this story that you can't tell, does it involve your childhood or a little later on? And now we're getting to my adolescence. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Newfound, yeah. And you, you learn yeah. that your powers increase. Yes, exactly. Your, your sexuality, uh, you blossomed. Like you, a zucchini uh, blossom. Yeah. A zucchini blossom yeah. like a... Uh, fruit in its uh... fruit with a bone with a bone in it uh, this time without the bone removed what's the matter with us they're going to come what's the matter with us don't drag me into this people are going to identify where we live and you know warn warn the neighbors listen uh, (laughs) you uh, you you are I've said too much no no I'm feeling warm under my sweater yeah I think we're all feeling warm Mm. Uh, you know I think it's good that there are other people in the room Yes. If it were just the two of us, it yes. would be somehow a more exciting, b scarier. <laughs> That's but good it's good that, that we have mixed company too, because Sona. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank Sona, goodness. you tell Sona, us if this went too here. far, right? Yes. No, yes. this is great. You I don't like know it. what's mm-hmm. happening, but I'm enjoying it. It's very homoerotic. <laughs> Really? You but two I don't think... are you two are both moaning a lot. Yeah. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I have to say, I I've always had, I, I you know. I'm going to be completely open. I've always had just this this affection for Jeff Goldblum, and then it 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 passes on to like this also this tactile like yeah. when I see him, I like to give him a hug and shake yeah. his hand, and he makes these very pleasing sounds. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it yeah. could be attraction. If it is, uh, sexuality is a, uh, is a scale. We all know that it's mm-hmm. a. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Matt, isn't it a spectrum? Certainly. I mean, this is the first time I've met you, and I am bewitched. Uh, he <laughs> it's is. true. He is. You are oh, one charming son of a bitch. He's so sweet. <laughs> Do you know the theme song on for Bewitched? 
That's I Dream of Jeannie. Never mind, we're wrong. Oh, wait, no, no, no. no. Uh, who played, uh, who played Jeannie? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Barbara Eden. No, no, no. Barbara it has no, you, Bewitched it does have lyrics. Yeah. No, you're thinking the movie. No, no, no. It used to. Yeah, she'd come in on that room. You witch. You witch. Yes, yes, that's it. Hey, you're jazzy. Hey, you could have played one of the, if they were looking for another, you know, Dick the husband, you know, because oh, they went through a Dick uh, replacement there was, on that. There was Dick. They did a creepy thing on that show, which is the Dick Sergeant Dick, Dick York. Uh, Dick York, yeah, had to leave the show because of a back injury. Oh, I didn't know that. And he was ill. Mm. He had to leave the show, and he was replaced by Dick Sergeant. And they right. never said anything. That's I always right. find that scary yeah. in uh, sitcoms when they do that, and everyone acts like it's the same person. I know. I know. I'm going to make uh, another observation. Hmm. I know you play jazz. You're very passionate about jazz. You've mm-hmm. made this uh, album, which is uh, incredible. Really, the yeah. musicianship. And But what's what's interesting is that it's no coincidence to me that you like jazz, because I think when you speak, it's jazz. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's very, you speak very musically, and you bring things up, and they occur to you, and you follow them where they're going, and then you dip back, and then you find a different, it's, it's got a rhythm, does this make any sense at all? It sure does, yeah. Uh, I was always naturally just uh, excited about jazz and rhythmical things and different harmonic things and improvisation particularly. Then I studied acting with Sanford Meisner, whose cornerstone of his technique is uh, this particular improvisation. Uh, and even though I like to do scripted material, do I do a David Mamet play or you know my Martin McDonough play and that you have to, as you know, be exactly on the words or a Wes Anderson movie who doesn't want you to replace and with the, right. et cetera. And then you find a kind of freedom and interesting nuance within that. And it's a very beautiful creative experience. But I do enjoy uh, doing Portlandia or Thor Ragnarok, uh, on which we improvised a lot. And I like improvisation. I like, and as you know, these talk shows, which interest me terrifically, as a, early on, I would go on a talk show and, and, uh, and sort of um, adopt the uh, cliche and conventional posture that, oh, I like the work to speak for itself. What am I doing on this show or that? Really, because I was frightened. Yeah. Uh, uh, that occurred to me. And, th- and uh, but I came to see it as an opportunity for something that I enjoy doing and something that could be very special. A little improvisation with somebody who's top notch at it, uh, you know, playing ostensibly yourself, but in a short way. What's, you know, I, I love everything about it. And I think it's if there's, if you're in an environment where you feel safe, yeah. Where you know that, no, we can let this go and we can let this, uh, yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah. What do and, we got? Who, who cares? Today, when fun. I was on the show, um, you know, Rachel, whom I really enjoyed. One of the, the, uh, she's one of the segment producers. The segment yeah. producing said, well, we talked for a little bit in our, on, our, on the telephone and now I've got some questions that he may ask you. I said, well, it's, uh, surprise me. And she, she could have said, well, no, here, you better, you know, get ready for this. That. She said, okay, well, that's, that's the best anyway. So I really didn't know anything that was going to occur. When we went, and that's uh, that's my kind of favorite thing. Your whole segment today was a cry for help. I, it was my segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, listen. We, uh, I, I think we should go out to dinner. Now, here's what I ask. It's a deal. Yeah. Is it just you and I? 
Do we get the wives involved? I, I think I we mean, should do all, uh, you know, all variations of it. We should do yes, you and I. Then we should get the wives involved. Then maybe we should you a, and I just first. Okie dokie. You know, it's because the why, you know, the wives they can get in the way. <laughs> what? You know, so maybe uh, just you and I. Okay. Would it be an Italian restaurant? What kind of cuisine are we talking? Well, about? we could pick the. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know what kind. Of, I, I love food, and I love all different uh, manner of uh, ambiance. What would you? What <laughs> What, what do you imagine? I see you in a very stylish restaurant. I think it would really? be important that it be a really? kind of a cool look. You know, I think that, no, I'm not saying it shouldn't be stuffy. I don't see you yeah. going to a stuffy restaurant. I don't restaurant. like stuffy. I don't like fine food dining for no, that No, no, I don't like much. that. Yeah. Right, right. I don't like lengthy. But you're also you know, a Pittsburgh guy. You might like a, a T-bone steak, ribs. I, I like a steak. I go for the leaner cuts of meat these days. I like a nice filet, a petite yeah. filet, yeah, yeah. Uh, at uh, here or there. Uh, but I, I, I would do anything. But I like, you know, I did this little thing with Jonathan Gold before he passed away, speaking of which, yeah. uh, who was wonderful. Do you know him? Did you yeah. see that yeah, documentary, of City of Gold? Yes. It makes you appreciate Los Angeles in a whole different way through his oh, he's, eyes. He's brilliant. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. He said, you know, he made me think that, hey, this is a good place to raise kids. You can, if you drive around and do and expose them to the right things, this is a place of diversity yep. and uh, cultural interest. And food-wise, you go to these little mini malls that I used to think, ah, oh, ugly, ugly town, you know, but no, no, no. You can appreciate the indigenous family, authentic offerings that they have. And uh, so we could go to Jitlada. We could go to, you know, this Thai place that was on his list. I have yet to go down the hundred, his last hundred of the list. But, you know, Musso and Franks. I like Musso and Franks. I went the you other know, day. You know, I uh, I do this with a couple of friends of mine, Greg Daniels and Rodman Flender. We have a, a tradition where we find restaurants uh, Los Angeles restaurants, and the rule is they had to be in operation before we were born. Oh. And it took us to all these really interesting places downtown that have been around since the 40s or the 50s, yeah. or that sometimes the 20s, and you'll find out, oh, this is where the police detectives always eat, and there's sawdust on the floor, yeah. but if you get the, the you know, the, the pot roast is great. Uh, and they, they're, they're kooky places that, that no one knows about. Sounds great. But I took my daughter uh, last weekend, I took my daughter Nev down to uh -huh. uh, downtown LA. We went to Little Tokyo uh -huh. and we found this little Korean barbecue place and it, it was like a little hole in the wall. And we went in fantastic, just oh, a yeah. great meal. We brought a friend of hers and she's very interested in... Uh, you know, Korean and Japanese culture. And so she wanted to, we went into all the little shops and LA is really amazing that way. Yeah. It's incredible. So I, well, maybe we'll do something like that, Let's you and do I. Korean barbecue. There's a place called Soup Bull Jeep. Do you know Soup Bull Jeep? Yeah. You go there and you cook things. They cook things right on this little grill there. I said, I got the squid and they, with a scissor, they come over with a big squid and they start cutting off some of the legs like oh, yeah. that. And you know, it was kind of great. Yeah, yeah. I like all that stuff. Let's go. Let's do some exploring because I have not gone out. And that's the one great thing about having kids. It must make you go, gee. Let's. I need to expose them anyway to all sorts of things, and seeing it through their eyes yeah. is kind of delightful. Well, enough with them. You get plenty of time with them. Yeah. I see you and I going to a restaurant. Okay. No kids. Sounds uh, good. They sound delightful, but uh, my, mine, mine either. They're not there either. It's just you and I. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's a good idea. It's a, uh, night and when there's no work the next day. Musso and Frank's. I asked. I asked. And no work the next day. Really? Well, I'd like yeah. to just make sure that I have a clear schedule. <laughs> Any time. Jeez. This is what? sounding. I'm getting He's frightened. Happy. But uh, but uh, I'm intrigued. Strangely. But um, I asked on the day that I worked with Jonathan Gold, I said, what do you think about Musso Franks? He said, yes, that's good. It's good. It's still good. Yeah, go there. And of course, the atmosphere is very nice. But, you know, they have things on that menu, speaking of before we were born. Right. Like sherbet. 
You never see, you know, you see no. sorbet these days, but sherbet they have. You that know. was all over the, when we were kids. Sherbet, sherbet was what you ate all the time. Right. And then it just went away. Went away or, or became sorbet. I don't know yeah. what sorbet, is. yeah. Yeah, it's I like know. asbestos, one of those fun things we had when we were kids that we're not allowed to enjoy anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My parents smoked Chesterfield cigarettes, pack a day or something, you know, in the car. They'd get the four of us in the car and, you know, smoke, yeah. smoke away. My mom chewed tobacco. She did not. Okay, she didn't. Uh, <laughs> it would have been fun if she did. Who was who played the uh, grand, grandma? Who who played on on Beverly Hillbillies? Irene Ryan. That's exactly right. And what did she <laughs> How, smoke? Excuse me. Can yeah. we all oh pause God. for a second? Yeah. Can we all pause for a second? <clears throat> that was fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. Okay. Was can great. we just? Can you? I want someone. I want some. An, want yeah. an engineer to look at the time between. I didn't know that was coming. Okay. The we time between we when he asked out. and when I answered. There, there was, was no, no editing. Cut. It no was cut, like no you were cut. already thinking about yeah, her. Said, Irene Ryan. answered it ahead of time. When's the last yeah. time you talked about or thought about Irene Ryan? Probably a week ago. Oh. And I'm not kidding. Oh, okay. I was very so, influenced by yeah. television as a child. I really appreciated those performers. She was amazing. Died before her you know, her time, really, uh, oh. ahead of time. She She died... Uh, really, as the series ended, I think, uh, really? and yeah, she, she was, was a great. I even she was a young, movie. she was much younger than she was playing. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, she was a terrific, terrific actress. She was wonderful, but we'd never heard about her before. Then I'm sure yeah. one could look her up and see that she was in Irene Ryan, Beverly Hillbillies. Beverly Hillbillies is a very funny, creative show. Oh yeah, Max very Bear bizarre. Jr. Max yep. Bear Senior was a heavyweight champion, yep. of course. Buddy Ebsen, I was riding down, driving, I think in the mid '70s when I first came to LA, riding down La Cienega or something. Who pulls up next to me? <laughs> Mr. Ebsen, a friend was with me, but I didn't have the authority or, or right. confidence to go. And I think I went, Mr. Mr. Ebsen, and he didn't see me anywhere. And the, the friend kept ribbing me about that. Oh, Mr. I, Ebsen. My Mr. Ebsen. greatest joy in life is, uh, of course, uh, Ellie Mae, Donna Douglas. Oh, Donna Douglas. Uh, sorry. Um, the cement pond. Yeah. I'm going out with the critters in the cement pond. She was fantastic. Yes, we could go on and on. Well, this is right around my adolescence, as a matter of fact. You know what, really? I said Gilligan's Island. Oh, my God. Ooh. You know what I was? I was into uh, Marianne, much more I, than Ginger. I was into Ginger. No, I knew I knew Ginger wouldn't give me the time of day, but I knew that Marianne uh, would like me. Yeah. Really? And she would take me back in the coconut trees. <laughs> I met, you know, Ginger, it, it happened right around the time I was, speaking of the, the story that we didn't tell, right around I was coming of um, age with... Uh, <laughs> oh my God, um, um, age. Uh, uh, yeah, and and um, and she was the one of my first, the first, in fact, s- stimulant into some new phase <laughs> in my maturity. You know, she's uh, she's still with us, and we could probably contact her well, listen and to let this. her know that you uh, that she made you a man for the first time alone. She did, indeed. Listen to this. She was 20 years later in my early 30s, maybe. I did this show called, about jazz with uh, Forrest Whitaker, where we played. It was called Lush Life. I played a sideman, a sax. I pretended to play the saxophone. And... But I was a womanizer of some kind or another. And then I, we, were, we played a gig, and I was supposed to get together with this lady, older lady, who I just met there. And we went up to an upstairs bathroom or bedroom and had sex quickly. And then I did And a little scene happened between us. Who I, I had the part with the producers and the director. I we auditioned several women, including Tina Louise. Oh my God! So you got to meet her. I got to meet her, and we did the scene together in which oh. she had to sit, sit on my lap and um, and kind of coo, and maybe we kissed her briefly. We, we, we did it. 
Isn't that crazy when we've had this experience, because I've had the same experience where someone that I, uh, you know, found Mm. very sexually stimulating in puberty, uh, and you think, well, that would never, I'd never meet them. And then later on, you you meet them and they hug you and they're affectionate. Uh, It's very very crazy when that happens. I had that with uh, Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I Farrah met- Fawcett came on my show, and, and after the show, I went into the, the dressing room, and she just said, well, I had a really great time. And, uh, you know, the next thing I... Well, she just hugged me. She gave me a nice hug, yes, and yes. she was... Uh, uh, and I was in a very small room hugging this woman who was uh, the... Um, Apple yes. of my eyes. At a tender age. I, I know exactly. I met Farrah Fawcett. I was, our band was playing a cigar club in uh, Beverly Hills the, mm. uh, on Cannon Drive. She was there. Yeah. And we found ourselves, anyway, we shared an embrace. Uh, the police are coming. <laughs> The Quick, police. I let's get out the window the now. Po- the police. I called them. Yeah, Sona called the police. Uh, this has been. I feel like there's an alternate universe where you and I uh, do a podcast that I think lasts 800 hours, and food is brought in, and occasionally we sleep, but we still murmur. I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, yes, maybe that alternate universe is very close to this one. We yeah. can get there quick. Uh, an yeah. absolute delight. Uh, yeah, and you know, I'll entirely. say this about Jeff Goldblum as we sign off. Uh, he is what you think he is. He's a he's a, one of the more authentic people I've yeah. I've come across. He really uh, he really is Jeff Goldblum. This is not an act, well, and uh, it's delightful. It's I adore it's, you. It's, Coming from you, high praise indeed, and I, I'll cherish this moment forever. I doubt it. I think you'll forget it very quickly, but. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was a nice yeah, thing to say. That's true. Jeff Goldblum. Conan O'Brien. And now it's time for a segment called Conan O'Brien Pays Off the Mortgage on His Beach House. Conan, Sona, this is a important moment. It's time to discuss the results of the latest drawing contest, the one we did as a blind drawing contest so that nobody was voting for or against a person, but for the art itself. How do you guys feel about your about your results before I've, I tell I've you? I've never been less nervous about anything <laughs> in my life. In my deepest, most sound REM sleep. Because I'm so confident. I am an artist. Oh my uh, God. I, uh, I think I feel completely unthreatened by Sona's uh, cabin of dildos that she inked. And I think that I'm going to win. I don't think I'm going to win. I know I'm going to win. Uh, okay. Sona. Here's the thing. I uh, didn't feel good about it when I drew it. I didn't feel good about it when I saw it this morning on Twitter. And uh, I, if I was Conan, I would feel the same he is feeling right now. I would feel very confident <laughs> about his doodle. Also, you called yourself an artist, but you just, you're really good at doodling. All you do is doodle. This calls for doodling, so I doodle. I know, if I'm just saying. I was can't... in a contest that required me uh, to paint like Rembrandt. Oh. I would, oh, because wow. I always match the occasion. That's my <laughs> ability. Um, okay. No, I, I, I didn't feel good about this. You're right. My house looks like it was made of dildos and I don't, uh, everything just didn't work. And I think I I just want to, again, 
go to uh, what comes to mind to me is that dildos would be a terrible building material for a cabin. Not that I know, not that I have a lot of experience, but I think they're wobbly. And <laughs> well, it depends on what they're made out of. What aren't dildos wobbly? Not all of them. I think some are strong. But wait, yeah. what? Gorley? <laughs> well, what do you mean? Not all of just them? Common knowledge. We really mean, jumped common. in. Sorry. Not, yeah, you did jump in, and you say, "Well, actually, that's a common misconception." <laughs> I, no, there I are many kinds of dildo, but I'm also cons- considering, and they have many no, consistencies no, no, no. depending on your needs," said Gorley. <laughs> Why also, there's the IK35B-7. I'm casting my vote Korea. for Sona right now. I'm considering that I think that though they look like dildos, they're made out of wood like a log cabin. So these are like George Washington era dildos. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I definitely cornered the dildo market. I think people who like dildos would like my cabin better. I uh, think uh, people who like drawing would like your Washington era dildos, common misconception, not made of wood. Made of ivory. Uh, oh, so of- you know a little something about dildos well, I know, yourself. I have a, no, I know a lot about history. Uh-huh. So ivory uh, is common. God, I'm so wanting to throw this your way. I have the power to just re- reveal these results, Sona. Yeah, I but might, the fact yeah, that you're gritting your teeth yeah. and you're frustrated and you don't seem happy right now, even though you want Sona to win, I'm a master at reading faces. I have won. I have won overwhelmingly. This isn't even close. You know? Yeah. Okay, let's, this let's, is like the Civil War battle of three forks. Or was it five forks? Right in with your answer. (laughs) (laughs) The results of the second blind drawing contest of a log cabin with a smoking chimney and a lumberjack. Let's get to the part where I win. Excuse me. Okay. If people haven't tuned in, they need to know. Okay. Drawing two, Sonas, comes in at 18%. Oh, my God. Drawing number one comes in at 82%. (laughs) 18% to 82%. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hey, how you feeling now, Goldwater? (laughs) Do we even get that? There's so many young people that don't get that. Goldwater uh, ran against Lyndon Johnson in 64. He was crushed. But 82% to 18%, that's amazing. This is important. There are 2,204 votes in. There There are still 20 hours left. In this poll. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, I don't feel good about it. I we, uh, we felt it was enough that we could call the election. It was yeah. like the Nixon lands. Yeah. I prefer the Lyndon Johnson Goldwater example of, of 64. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Or maybe it's just two people who doodled and one doodled better. Right. Yeah. That's one possible. shows a cabin of... You know what? There's an old Bible passage that oh, says, geez. when you build your house upon the sand, you know, uh, you're going to fail, you know? And... Um, I think you built your cabin upon dildos. You know what? I would never think to do this, but your hubris is so large right now that I'm tempted to challenge you to a drawing contest. Do yeah. it. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think you can handle it. Well, first of all, Matt, I'm like a Western gunfighter. I can't Good. fight every goofy hayseed who stumbles into town Ooh. with a rusty six-shooter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can if that person gets insulted and pulls a gun. Yeah, but it would your gun that you're going to pull, because you just got off the wagon, and you're like, gosh, there's Wild Bill Hickok. I think I'll take him on. Uh-huh. And then you whip out this six-shooter that your pappy gave you, and it's all rusty, and the barrel falls off, and all the pieces fall into the mud. And you go, oh, Mr. Hickok, can you come back here while I assemble my gun? And I'm already gone. I'm in the saloon. So, uh, no, I can't take the time to walk back and sift through the mud and help you put together 
your ancient pea shooter so that then we can stage a contest in which you're killed. You're a coward. No, but you now, it's just like, huh, I bet I'm a better drawer than you, and then I'll beat you, and then you'll be like, wait a minute, I found a friend who's good at drawing. Let's get him in here, and now you'll draw against him. But what if you don't beat me? Oh, God. This is just depressing. You're the worst winner. You're such a terrible person when you win. Uh Uh-huh. This is me. Deal with it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I learned, you know what I'm doing? I'm patterning myself after Trump. (laughs) <laughs> I really am. He has taught us that when you win, you just talk about it incessantly. And uh, that's what I, you know, that's what I want. Well, I then want... I'll be Trump. I won that doodle off by a lot of votes. Yeah. And did you have Russia yeah. help you? Yeah. I did get assistance from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of assistance from Russia. Okay. We can do a, you and I, let's do a, we'll do a drawing contest sometime down the line. Okay. But let's um, let's move on because okay. I do think there's important matters that we need to address. We have, I'm told, a massive amount of listeners out there mm-hmm. that are relying on us to guide them through this dark period in American <laughs> yeah. history. So in this segment, we need to now go to something. Do you want to take a voicemail? Sure, I'll take a voicemail. Okay. This isn't a question because somebody tells Sona to not say Freddie Mercury, say Freddie Mercury. I know I just messed up. What the fuck? But still, she said it about 40 times in the Mark Manon episode. Who's getting on my nerves, What? Wait a minute. Who's this? What's this guy's did name? Did I pronounce Mercury wrong? You did. Do I you still did. pronounce it no, wrong? There it was right. Mercury. In, no, no, there you did yeah. it wrong. Mercury. Yeah. No, you, no you, Mercury. Mercury. Merc, yeah, sometimes you go Mercury. Well, okay. Okay. And, and, and you know what? Let's just back this whole thing up. First of all, I love that this guy is getting on his last nerve. He heard you on one podcast, and he's ready to pull his hair out. I've been with you for ten. Calm down, bro. I've I've been with you for ten years. You have tormented me uh, with your actions, and this guy's complaining. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. Uh, First of all, I didn't know I was saying the word wrong, but I also didn't know I pronounced my G's hard until you said it every single time I say a word that's like. Walking, talking, you always hangover. Say, you, you go hangover. And I've tried to help you because I want you to assimilate okay. to this country. I uh, was born in this country, but... We don't know for sure. Yes, There are do. no records of your birth. There are. It's You're, called a birth certificate. It is the record of my birth. I've and asked it is your, from Montebello, California. I've asked your parents to produce... To produce. <laughs> <laughs> I asked your parents to produce records, produce. and they shrugged. And then uh, they they handed over some leaves, and I said those okay. those are leaves. Now listen, I love them. They're they're a great. The Armenian people are a great. And they proud are, people. and that you know what? Going off of that, I I was raised by immigrants. I was surrounded by immigrants, and a lot of the words I say are incorrect. And I used to sing questions. I can't say the word brewery or prerequisite. <laughs> I can't say those words. There are a lot of things I say incorrectly. What was brewery? A place where they make beer. It's a brewery. A brewery. <laughs> you can't do it? I can't say it. Say it again. Brewery. Brewery? Can you say the English, the fine English clothing maker, Burberry? Can you say that? Burberry. Say I bought some Burberry at the brewery. I bought some Burberry. Burberry. <laughs> what? This say I, so hard. Say I, say I got some Burberry. I, I bought Burberry at the brewery. I br- for Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I've had Burberry at the brewery for Freddie Mercury. 
Okay, you're having this a total meltdown. This is so meltdown. stupid. Here's the thing, though. A lot of the words that I say incorrectly are because I was saturated with a lot of accents growing up, I think. It is true. Your parents have very thick accents. No, well, my, my mom has a thicker accent than my dad. came here in the 60s. He's fine. He's not that bad. But it's not. It's, it's so not just him. It's all my aunts and uncles. I speak three languages, so I can do that. What is his name? What's this guy's name? Hmm. First of all, fuck this guy. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I didn't like his tone, and you know, I'm I gonna, didn't either. I, I'm going to stick up for you. I did not like his tone at all, and if he were here, I would beat him within an inch of his life. Yes, thank you. But uh, he's not here, uh, so uh, we can only imagine the beating that he would have. <laughs> thank you for sticking up. No, for I do. My honor. I do. I do stick up for you. You're my friend. Uh, I care about you, and I don't like uh, someone being snide to you. Um, oh, what nice. I do find interesting is that Freddie Mercury is one of your all-time heroes. You yeah. love Freddie Mercury. I do love him, sure. And um, it's so it's interesting that you would mispronounce his name of all names. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know I was mispronounced. Can you, you, do you pronounce everything perfectly? I do, yes. That's not true. Ooh. I'm sorry. But I edit this podcast and you say mortgage. Mortgage. Oh. As, instead of what? Mortgage. I say, what do you mean, mortgage? You say, I got to pay off my beach house mortgage. Yeah, you know oh, why I do that? Well, well, well. Do you know why I do that? Why? Do you know why I do that? No, I don't. I do it because it has a folksy charm. <laughs> and I do it intentionally because if a celebrity says, I have to pay off my mortgage, then people say, what a dick. Who cares? You're a celebrity. You probably have the money to pay it off. We don't want to hear about your problems. You're probably with a supermodel right now, you know? But I always say, I got to pay off my mortgage. You never say it like that. I no. do. Like a sexy baby? No. <laughs> it's got a little bit of a Midwestern twang when I do it. And yeah, I do it on purpose. but you shimmied your shoulders mortgage. when you say, oh. I got to pay off my mortgage. It's got a little bit of a little bit of the late Carol Channing in it. It's what uh, I'm doing yeah. Is I'm being folksy. Yeah, yeah. I do that. I do that intentionally. I am a master wordsmith. I'm a professional speaker oh, of words. And anytime you think that I'm mispronouncing something, there is an intention behind it. Even when you asked her parents to propose her birth certificate. Yes. Yeah, you you Propose. messed that word up. <laughs> no, no, that's actually that was a mini stroke. <laughs> that doesn't count as mispronouncing okay. when you have a cerebral occlusion. Okay. Now, back to Sona. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, can we continue on you for a second? Sure. Because you also came from a family that has a lot of accents. I don't think I have it. It, it creeps in. New England creep, creeps in when you talk sometimes. It creeps in. <laughs> I, I hate that I'm mispronouncing words right now. But anyway, <clears throat> anyway, I think Sona should get a pass because the fact that you speak English as well as you do is a miracle. Oh, You've been here, whatever, six years, seven years? What? You came here. I've been not... working for you for ten years. Okay, <laughs> you came to America, and oh no, this is you. This is a big. Remember the first day you came to work, and you were frightened by the elevator, oh and I said, God. "You said magic room." <laughs> took me to, and I was like, "No, no, let's use the stairs, and we'll talk about that later." Those are all true facts, but Sona, I am proud that I have been your tutor. Oh, and God. your gateway to this wonderful country. Oh. I well, want this to end. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to mispronounce words. And you can suck it, guy who left this voicemail. 
I'm with you on that one. Conan O'Brien needs a friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White and the White Stripes for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It too could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>